All right, Matt, welcome to episode nine of the oh, Performance man. Advantage podcast. And I am very excited about this one. I had two coffees this morning because we are finally getting to talk about the brake power meter. The elusive, hidden intellectual property brake power meter is live and uh, we're going to find out a whole bunch about it today. Yeah. I've Oh, man, I've been like really wanting to talk <laughs> about this, but... Um... I just never felt like the time was right to just, um, but like I've been working on it for so many years that, you know, we can just start to talk about things. So let's do it. Yeah. No time like the present. (laughs) Cool. So uh, really we'll go backwards really and start from, from the beginning to where, where it came from, where the idea came from and what exactly it is. Um, Because you and I have had extensive experience with this thing and um, know it, you know, kind of intimately, especially yourself. Um, but everyone else, this has literally never existed in the world before. So they're, they're pretty green. Yeah. Okay. Well, so if we go back to like one of our first podcasts, we talked about like power meters. Yeah. Right. And I like how we think like power meters are like the best thing that you can have for like uh, measuring what you do on the bike. Right. So measuring how hard you're pedaling is like it's your physical output. Right. And um, if you want to get better at going faster up hills or going faster on the flats, you need to get better at pedaling. You need to be able to measure it. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's what power meters do. So power meters record what we're doing with our legs. Yeah. So that's all well and good. But um, when you're mountain biking or doing any type of, you know, sort of technical cycling, pedaling isn't the only thing that's going on um so pedaling speeds you up but then your brakes are going to slow you back down yeah makes sense and uh so you know what we did is we built um a brake power meter so it's like exactly the same thing that um you would use to measure how hard you're pedaling we use it to measure how hard you're braking yeah okay so I remember the the initial, because we did our PhDs together at the same place under a couple of the same supervisors, and your initial idea was pacing, right? Mountain bike pacing? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's actually why I moved to New Zealand to do a PhD is um, I wanted to, like, uh, using this propulsive power, because that's what we call it, like how hard you're pedaling, I wanted to use that to, like, design this uh, model to kind of say, you can pedal this hard and you can sprint this hard, how can you apply that on a cross country race to go the perfect to like to just pace it absolutely perfectly so there's some models that exist to use that in road cycling and um i went to new zealand to use that in mountain biking yeah so there are models that exist on the road for this right yeah so it's called the w prime balance model yeah and we basically just need to like yeah, we need to know like your anaerobic capacity and your um, aerobic threshold, and we can calculate how quickly you can recover from an effort, and then basically know when you're going to blow up. So I wanted to use that in mountain biking. Yeah, and that's essentially like if anyone who follows cycling, um, or actually triathlon, like a long distance triathlon, you know, if you're doing an Ironman and you use power, you know that if you go above a certain power output, um, which would be considered your threshold. Uh, you will you will blow up because um, as you exist above your threshold, there's only a finite amount of time. And then if you follow cycling, you you can watch like 
those dudes, especially Tom Dumoulin, um, who just rides to power um, up those climbs. And that's why you're seeing, like, now that there's less drugs in the Pro Peloton, the whole bunch of them are just riding together. And then it's really just a matter of, like, a few seconds here or there. There's not, like, minutes of people riding off the front of a group going at maximal physiological capabilities. Yeah. Uh, at this point, there's no question, like, if... If you want to succeed in um, a cycling sport, you need a power meter. Like that, that there's no question anymore. You just need yeah. one. Yeah. Um. So like, but road cycling's one thing. Like, cause, like you might not break hardly at all in road cycling. Some like like downhills. Yeah. But um, it's not going to be the most important factor. Um. So that's why the model works really, really good. Like physical capability and a bit of drafting and you're good to go, like in road cycling. Yeah, very, I mean, it's not that controlled, but compared to mountain biking, very controlled because there's nothing really slowing you down on the downhills. No one's, no one, like some people aren't that good at handling and things, but for the most part, it's it's a matter of how much power you can put up going uphill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can almost definitely recover on the downhill. Whereas mountain biking, as we know, is um, you have to absorb all your shock and technique yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so when we started looking at the model for mountain biking, we started to see that, like, that is what's happening. So, as you're going down a hill, your your VO2, your oxygen uptake, doesn't go down very quickly because because of all those impacts that you're absorbing just even coasting down a trail. So. Yeah. For, for that um, anaerobic capacity to regenerate during this recovery time, yeah. um, it's not actually, like, uh, it's not fully regenerating just because of all the other physical things that are happening. Um, yeah, it's more like running in that sense, right? Like, um, as if anyone's run up a hill and had to run down a hill, you know the downhill is not recovery. Like, yeah. It's definitely slightly easier, but it's also very demanding. Yeah, and I think, like, in different kinds of mountain biking, depending on how fast you want to go, like, there's different levels of demanding, but um, what we kind of, like, the, the point that we actually came to when we did that original research study is that you want to get down the hill as fast as you possibly can and put in as little effort as possible. Yes. Yep. And so from there? Yeah, so from there we're like, well, so we, we were measuring, actually. We were having people... Um, go down a hill as fast as they can, and they do one trial where they're pedaling, and the other trial where they weren't allowed to pedal. Yeah. And at the end of it, like we found that they're going exactly the same speed, um, but they recovered much faster when they were coasting. And we're like, yeah. well, what the heck? How is that possible? Um, so around this time, like it started to happen, like uh, in the World Cups, where Aaron Gwynn ended up winning a World Cup um, with no chain. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, if pedaling doesn't matter, then obviously there's something else going on there, like that matters. Um, yeah, because when you fast. when when you pedal, like people are pedaling because they think that it's helping them. But then when you did that study, it was like on this particular track anyway, like it was like no different. Um, you ended up just uh, like I was part of that study, and you ended up uh, just being really tired and making more mistakes. Yeah. Um, but then there's no way to measure that, is there? Well, there is now. Yeah, so, like, at the time, like, there was, like, we're like, well, okay, so are they taking better lines? Are they, um, are, like, because they're not too tired. Like, what the heck's going on? 
So we just needed to figure out a way to measure that. And our answer was, well, let's start looking at the brakes. Yeah, so pretty much like how much are you slowing down? How much are really right? Well, yeah, like if you want to get from A to B, it's about how fast you go, right? It's not necessarily about pedaling as hard as possible. It's about going as fast as you possibly can. And the very first place to look is, well, the thing that's slowing you down. Just try and, like, slow down better. <laughs> or <Right>? less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, actually, like, uh, once you start to look at the data, it's not about slowing down less. It's about slowing down um, more at the right places. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so this we'll, is we'll this is the that, interesting yeah. stuff, right? This yeah, is what's right. never been out there before. Mm. Um, okay, so I think we've we've sort of grasped the concept of like if we want to go down a hill, um, there's a couple ways we can go about it. We can just try our absolute hardest, or we can I guess do it the the new way of trying less <laughs> and yeah. focusing more. No. Yeah, like the yeah, more so, informed way, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Like, cause um, like when you get tired, your skills start to deteriorate. So you could have the most skilled person in the world, and you could um, you know, make them do this sprint until they're cross-eyed, and then send them down a hill, and their their skill is going to be, it's not going to be where it was, right? So, um, yeah, it's just about um, you like finding a way to use that skill. To its maximum yeah yeah okay. so that's what it's all about yeah yeah and so what does the brake power meter do yeah so um we, we well we looked at lots of different ways to measure braking so um we thought about like putting little strings on the lever and then like using like a potentiometer it's called just to see like when your lever's moving so like, the, well... the brake yeah so the brake lever. lever yeah yeah so like you could see when the brakes are on or off yeah, so and just like when that, you're, like, the basic of, like, are you pulling on the brake or not? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that kind of stuff exists, like, uh, in motorsports. And you see it in telemetry systems on um, bicycles sometimes as well. It's like a, just a simple pressure sensor. So yep. you can see, like, how hard you're squeezing. Yeah. Right? So we, we thought about that, and we're like, well, actually, like, we're not really getting enough information if we do that. So we're doing science you know and we're like well let's just make uh let's just measure the physics that's actually happening um yeah so you know when something's moving it has energy and yes. when you slow it down you're taking away energy so yeah. by putting a power meter on each brake we're measuring the rate of how that energy is going away just like when we're pedaling okay so break that down a bit more for us like you say you're taking you're measuring how you're taking energy away like what so if i'm going down a hill um and you know 30 k's now and then um i put the brakes on sort of slowly because i, I want to come there's a giveaway sign at the bottom or a stop sign there's a stop sign at the bottom coming down the hill 30 k's an hour or more appropriately like 50 or 60 k's an hour and i want to come to a complete stop so i like I would drag the brakes, you know, I'm not just obviously going to slam them on. Um, I'd sort of drag them out and until I came to like a gradual stop. Um, so what's happening there? 
So what's happening is, so when you're moving and you're going at 60 Ks an hour, you have what's yep. called kinetic energy. So that's yep. the energy of you moving based on your speed and your mass. Yep. Um, so when you want to slow down, what you do is you grab the brakes and you start to take away, you start to convert some of that energy um, at each brake or at each wheel, which is part of your whole system. You start to convert that into things like heat and noise. Um, yep. And you take it away as um, you're, you're taking away the energy. Um, yeah, yeah. You're just converting it into a different form. Like, yeah. So predominantly heat. Yeah, that's right. Heat and a little bit of noise and some fracture of the tires. But um, that, like that's why your brakes get really, really hot. Like, you know, to slow someone down from 60 Ks an hour to zero, that's that's a ton of energy. Yeah. Um, your brakes are just going to be absolutely red hot. Like you wouldn't want to touch them. So all yeah. the energy is being converted into heat. Yeah. Okay. And then you've just been able to measure that. So you've measured sort of from the point I put the brakes on until when I came to a complete stop. Um, but how do you know when I've stopped and how do you know like how fast I was going? Are you connected to a GPS? Yeah. So we have wheel speed sensors and we have GPS and we've looked at like different ways of measuring it because, um, like it's really important to be able to get power because that's the rate of taking away this energy. And to get that, we need to know these different speeds that are going on. Yeah, um, of course. So you can just measure like how fast the wheel's spinning once you know the wheel size then. Yeah, real speed. easy. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, and then, okay, so I'm get, heading down the hill. I've, I've put the brakes on um, and you've been able to see like how fast I was going. Now how do you sort of measure the like the rate at which I slow down like so that's going to give me what what am i seeing am i seeing like the the energy or the strain gauge like is it force or is it energy what are we looking at yeah so what we look at is power so power is torque times angular velocity so that's the force pretty much of your braking times yep. how fast the wheel's spinning so yep. you look at the change from when you start braking and how fast the wheel spinning, what the torque was the whole time, and then what the wheel spinning, or the rate of it spinning there at the end. And then the end result is the power, and that's the, the rate of the energy that we take away. Yeah. Okay, the rate at which we take the energy away. Yeah. All right, so um, why is that important? Why is the rate of the energy? Like, why, why do we not just want to know how much we took away? It's, it's really important, like, when we're braking and when we're slowing down to take away this energy um, in as short of a time as possible. As short of a time? Okay. As short of a time as possible. So, like, if you and me coast down a hill, and let's say we have the same exact energy and, um, you know, so the same exact speed and we weigh the exact same, our kinetic energy is the same. Yeah. Um, I break the entire time just uh, from the get-go. We're coasting down this hill. I'm braking the whole time with both brakes. And you go down the hill really, really fast, jam on the brakes really, really hard, and let off. Yeah. So it's very, very possible that if we have the same kinetic energy, even though you braked really, really hard, and I braked really, really lightly for a long time, it's yep. really possible that we took away the same energy. That's oh, totally wow. possible situation. Okay. But yeah. if we think about how fast we went, mm -hmm. you went really, really fast the entire time. Yes. Whereas I was just slowing down the whole time. So that's why finding out what the power is, 
like the amount of time we spent slowing down is really, really important. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, what, uh, what would be the next question is like, if we use the same energy to slow down, how come I was able to get to the bottom faster? Is it just because I, like you've applied that energy, the person who, who just jammed the brakes on right at the bottom, they've applied all of that energy in a really concentrated point of time so that the power is huge, whereas the other person took energy away consistently all the way down the hill, which minimized their kinetic energy and their potential to gain kinetic energy utilizing gravity so that it actually took a lot longer to get down to the bottom. Yeah, that's right. You spent way more time going fast. I spent way more time going slow, so my average speed is way lower. But your your power is really, really high because you only did that energy in a very, very short amount of time. So power is work divided by time. So if you only braked for one second, your power would be super high. Whereas if I was braking for 20 seconds, um, but I did a lot of, you know, that same amount of work, my average power would be really, really low. So that's yeah. like the basic kind of physics of it really yeah yeah so the, the one extra question i'd be you know if we're doing that and i jam my brakes on if i start skidding what's happening there because i'm not stopping i'm still moving forward the wheels aren't going around which is the way you're able to measure speed so how does that work yeah well actually we spend a lot of time like because we have we had both uh speed sensors and torque sensors on both wheels yeah. And we're like, well, this is the best way to do it. But then we started to realize that when actually when mountain bikers are out on the trail, they are skidding quite a lot. And, you know, whether or not that's like the perfect strategy um, for going fast or in control, that's probably debatable, really. But yeah. um, we had to come up with a way to continue to measure power, even though they're skidding. So we came up with a correction to our formula. And uh, yeah, we're still able to measure power during skidding. Okay, so that's part of the special algorithm that interprets the data you're collecting. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of different algorithms, and, and they get like uh, a bit more advanced, but that skidding one was pretty important to find out because um, it, like, it happens so much. Yeah, I remember um, going for a run around the massy fields and just seeing you out doing skids yeah. stop, and then riding oh, back man. into the lab and then back out and then back in. I, I would have, like, I'd shoot through so many tires, because, like, we just, like, since it was part of my thesis, and, like, we were, we were doing, like, hard science, like, so, yeah, I was out there just skidding on different surfaces, like, grass and gravel and the road, and yeah. just, like, making sure that our correction was, like, absolutely, like, spot on. So, yeah, yeah like, s just so many tires were roached, so. <laughs> they were, <yeah. laughs> Sorry for them, yeah. Um, okay, so, we sort of, yeah, we we should know now like okay um that's that's sort of what what you're measuring um how do we how are we going to use this to help us like i'm not as good a mountain biker as you um uh, when we go down the trails like i would consider myself a lot fitter than you um but if we go down the trails you're just so smooth i just can't i'm on the like i'll just grab a bunch of brake when you you didn't and then you gap and then I pedal up to you and then depending on how you know how much pedaling is involved in the in the track I can maybe stay with you but otherwise you're gone so how can I use this brake power meter to go 
make me as fast as you. Yeah, it's actually funny, like, um, the situation you just described, because that's what, like, gave me the exact idea where I was like, man, I, we need to measure braking. Um, yeah. Because we had this club race, um, a local mountain bike club race, and it was, like, some of my favorite tracks, like, uh, to race cross-country in. Um, it's yeah. just, like, um, it's at a beach, so, like, the turns are real sandy, and if, if you get the turns right, like, you really, you can just, like, smash through them. So yeah. it's super fun. So we started the race and we were collecting some data for some of the other things I wanted to do. And I found myself a couple minutes in racing against our supervisor, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve Stannard. Yeah. And, um, you know, like he's so fit, like especially <laughs> like um, at that time, like he was still racing a ton. And uh, like I knew like I knew he was fitter than me because I had him in the lab and like we he did max test and like he's he's incredible and then but then i found myself like in this mountain bike race like going head to head with steve stannard um and yeah. he's way fitter than me so like i was like man this is this is pretty crazy um so i was like hanging on for dear life on all the, the straight sections and then um we'd get into the trails and um you know i could hear him breaking and i can see him breaking and i knew like i was just like kind of doing a death grip kind of thing yeah and uh I was like, man, he must be wasting so much energy because um, yeah. his brakes weren't adjusted properly either. And like, they're just so <laughs> squeaky. So like, I could just like hear, oh yeah, Steve's braking, Steve's braking. Eventually I passed him and um, I think we sprinted for the win or something like that. But I was like, okay, that's it. We need to measure braking. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like once we got the data, we just needed to figure out like, like we proved that it works and like we did a few studies kind of looking at how this braking changes and that like you know even though they like people can start to pedal a bit less and their propulsive power gets reduced and then mm -hmm. they also yep. start to brake a little differently and then they have the same uh the same time going around a cross-country lap so they get tired but they also brake better as they get used to the track and they go the same speed throughout three different laps all right yeah yeah Okay. So that was pretty crazy for us because we're like, oh, well, okay. So we could actually, if we look at all this data, we look at how hard they pedal and we look at how hard they brake. If we put that all into one equation, we can actually predict what their lap time is going to be. Um, so we did that and that was really cool. I was super pumped on that one. We got that one published um, in a pretty good journal. Yeah. Um, so, so that's when we're like, okay, well, that's all well and good. Like within this lap, we know that our braking's changing, but where is it actually changing? Um, so that's what we started to look at is where is this braking changing? <laughs> okay. And so then what happened? Yeah. Okay. So it was like, we need to figure out like what's actually happening in a really, really short section. Yeah. Um, so what, it, what we ended up finding is that like in one corner, like, braking patterns can be, like, super different between people. And that, like, so, like, especially beginners. So what beginners are going to do, they're going to coast down a hill, and which is what we had them do, beginners and experts. We had them coast down a hill, um, so that way we could control the energy, so we knew what to expect with the, the brake power. Um, and beginners would, they pretty much brake lightly the whole time. Okay. So what they're doing is they're braking lightly. As soon as they get out of the start gate, um, they brake entirely through the turn, and then they kind of finish quite slowly, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Which is, you know, kind of 
what you'd expect. Um, and then, you know, we get an expert out there and the experts, um, they come out the Stargate coasting totally off the brakes. They brake really hard before the turn and then they just let off and coast through the turn. Okay. So, so yeah, keep going. Yeah. So even though they're just coasting, like the experts were going like two seconds faster in like a super short track. Yeah, I mean, that track must have only been, what, like 50 metres, if that? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. just that one sort of hairpin corner. Yeah, it was a one, it was one 180 degree turn, and we like totally like fenced it off, so that way they couldn't like actually pick a different line. Like yeah. it was pretty much just like, I think it was like a metre wide or something, so. Yeah, so they're, they're travelling the exact same course, and so... What you found from memory was like what we talked about in the going downhill to the stop sign was like the energy kind of difference wasn't really like they were taking away just as much energy. It's just they did it in a really short space of time. Yeah. And it was exactly the same amount of energy. Like once we averaged the different groups, which was like, uh, you know, this is when I started to like really catch on to like some physics stuff. I was like, oh man, this is super cool. Um, so like then the like those numbers made sense and then I wanted to look at it like even closer and that's when we started to look at things like video we started to look at like the shape of the braking pattern um, and that's stuff that get, gets beyond like um, you know just looking at numbers for like a whole picture kind of thing yeah uh, where where this all led was from my initial question of how does that gonna make me better um now you've got you've got that one corner how can i yeah how am i if i'm just off i've I've got one of your brake power meters on my bike i'm just off for a ride smash down the trail i live in rotorua hidden up eagle versus shark my fave and um i get to the bottom and uh now i don't i know uh, you know have i have i braked completely perfectly on the first corner like have I? I I don't I don't know how am I supposed to compare that or is there a score that I can get or something? Yeah, there is a score, and um, that was like one of the things that like I needed to do before like uh, my PhD was done. Like I needed to come up with this algorithm that just gave you one score at the end of a downhill. Yeah, um, and like. I was doing all this other stuff in the background, like doing some commercial stuff, and I was like showing these prototypes to different people. But like, I was, I really needed to like that one number was super important. And when when I what I thought about it was like, it's like the Strava kind of number, where like you look at a uh, Strava segment and you're like, oh yeah, how was my braking on that? Click click click. Oh yeah, this number. Like oh. Okay, I wonder what like uh, Will O'Connor's breaking is because he goes down that so fast. Yeah. It's like oh, l- let me look at Will's profile. Click through Strava. Look at Will's. Oh, his breaking was only that. So, so we call that normalized break power. Uh, normalized break work. Sorry. Um, oh. That's our single number. It's yeah. It's actually important. Like the terminology, even though they're invented things, like it's like a term that isn't a a thing. Uh, yeah. Until we like, like people should understand. FTP is completely made up like I mean there's obviously underpinning science but it's they've just made that term up it didn't it's not hard you know like it's it's not like a glucose molecule which exists and is measured and no yeah 
We could have uh, named it whatever we wanted. Like uh, the first name. Yeah, I you had, had a lot of names. Yeah, <laughs> it was Flow Score, which I thought was kind of fitting. Is like, uh, you know, what's your flow score? And uh, didn't you want to call it like butter something for smoothness? Yeah, like your butter score or something like that. I don't know. Like, yeah, we went through like um, through a lot of names, but like in like propulsive power, like normalized brake power is already a thing. Like as a trademark term that was invented by. Um, some of the first scientists that were looking at uh, propulsive power. So we're like, well, let, let's just call it normalized brake power and normalized brake work, which is the score that you get at the end. Yeah, okay. And yeah, so I get my my normalized brake work score or number, however you want to um, interpret it. And yeah, so what's that showing me? Is it really that comparative thing? Yeah, that's it's super comparative. So if we, if we look at someone that took uh, 50 seconds to go down a hill versus someone that took 51 seconds to go down a hill, their normalized brake brake work is going to be different. Um, so the person that went faster is going to have a lower normalized brake work, which basically means they took away less of that free energy um, that they were given, that they were pretty much gifted by the hill when they coasted down. Like yeah, the hill's gra- giving gravity them energy and your mass. Yeah, yeah. The hill's free energy, so like it's yeah. about like how efficient were you with using your brakes? Yeah. Um so but what it like if if I'm just out um you know, I live on a farm and there's I can build up my own track uh and I want to test myself there, then retroactively am I just looking through and doing a couple runs and going, actually I'm going to try and brake less. Or like something you showed me um, before we went on air, uh, you just you realized you were showing me a video overlaid, um, and you just brake checked. You just grabbed the brake for absolutely no reason. Yeah, yeah. Like so that's uh, the other application of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Like um, until you can actually see it, like you don't actually know how much you're braking, like. We have this local track, it's called Chewbacca, and, like, it's super fun, and I, I ride it quite a lot, um, and, you know, I go down it pretty quick, and um, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good at, my like, braking here, and then what I was showing you before is I showed you with my braking data overlaid with my point-of-view footage from my um, chest cam, um, and you can't see it with my fingers where I'm braking, but um, you can see, like, there's a few times that you know, I was braking really, really hard, which is what we want, because, um, you know, I was doing what I wanted with my speed, is slowing down really, really quickly, um, and then letting off, and then letting the trail do its thing on me, right, giving me that yeah. energy again. Yeah. But there were a few times, like, I would come out of a G out, and I would just, like, tap my brake. Yeah. Um, so that happens all the time throughout a downhill, um, and we don't want that, like, there's no point. Um, brake checking... Like, if you're on a super technical trail and you need like, need to brake check, that's one thing. But um, sometimes we're just doing it on, like, a straight se- section, and we don't know oh, until man. we see yeah. it. And, and also, um, you know, uh, when I hit up some new trails, I'll just I'll be coming into a corner and maybe you can't see the exit. You grab a huge amount of brake, and then you're like, oh, I really didn't need to do that. But then the next time you might do the, the same thing. So I think watching it back, like that's going to be super important for a lot of these um, downhill guys and uh, the enduro guys where, 
you know, obviously in cross country, there's a lot of factors that go into being at the top of the field. Um, but in those other ones, it is really about how fast can you get down that hill. Um, so if you're able to watch different and take different line choices, you can, you're just getting so much more information on, on how much energy you are sort of taking away and gaining or yeah. losing coming out of that corner or that really, you know, steep shoot or whatever. Yeah. And like, I think like, cause breaking's tricky. Like, um, you can't just say like, take away breaking because we don't want like anyone to just like go too fast and go out of control. But like, yeah. there's a lot of things that are happening with your bike under braking that, um, if you're doing it at the wrong places, um, they're going to actually put you in a position where you have less control of the bike. Yeah. Um, so because one of the first things that happens uh, when you're braking is like your suspension starts to dive. Like the way current suspension forks work is that's what's going to, if you grab the front brake, you're going to kind of shift forward. Um, your suspension's going to dive. It's going to flex a little bit and not work so good. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the best analogy of that is like, we've all grabbed a handful of front brake before and gone over the bars. Like whether we're a child, like not understanding how it all works or whatever, but that happens. Like either you've got a rigid fork and all of your energy is just transferred like over the over the front, the axis of the front wheel, or um, your suspension just fully compresses. Um, so yeah, that happens. There's also the rear suspension and stuff, but yeah. continue. Yeah, the rear suspension kind of stiffens up under braking, even under, like, the best suspension designs. So, like, if you're heading into a bumpy section and you come in and you don't slow down enough before it, uh, that means you need to slow down within it. So then mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're putting your suspension in a in the place where it can't work the way it's supposed to work because you're going too fast through this section. Yeah. Um, or maybe you didn't slow down enough before it. And you're also, like, putting your tires in a position where they're in and out of traction. So if you're yeah. hard on the brakes and you're skipping over rocks, they'll be in and out of traction as you're bumping into things. Um, yeah. And that, that abuse translates back to your body. So yeah. w what we know from, like, uh, the when we studied vibrations going downhill, like, those vibrations take a lot of energy and they just contribute to making you more tired. So, yeah. yeah. So outside of, like, this is just fascinating in, um, insight into your... Um, you know how you're actually traveling down the hill does that then alter your suspension settings yeah, yeah. like so if i have um because i know they've got um a whole bunch of telemetry around suspension and um, so you know something as simple as how much the suspension's compressing the rate of compression um at different times and you can overlay that with video as well and so i've seen these guys go down the you know in the world cup downhill they've got all these telemetry um sensors all over the bike and the pre-runs and all of that to you know they'll video the rocky part like oh do we need to stiffen this up or soften it up um but then that is only one aspect right if they're if it's too soft or whatever you might be grabbing some brake and then like can you get all the data you need from those um like those um suspension sensors uh, not really. Um, so like the suspension telemetry, like suspension's there to keep your wheels on the ground. So if you want to go fast, like you want your wheels to be on the ground when you need them. Um, mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily, um, a huge, 
it's not necessarily meant for comfort. It's meant to like for traction. Traction is important because like if you have traction, you can go fast. So yeah. anytime you're braking or turning, like your traction um, is kind of changing. Um, and you know if you're just measuring how the suspension's working and you're not measuring the braking input to that, um, you're kind of missing out on a little bit of that. Um, and it's just has mostly has to do with the way it flexes and how it stiffens up under yeah. braking. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you're because if you're saying um, you know if, if you're getting we're both on the same you know uh, sponsored team we got the same bike and they've sent you down and I've come in later and they're like oh you need a soft soft setup but I'm I'm a different I have a different you know uh, normalized brake work than you I have a different braking profile my suspension may differ dramatically in order to gain traction the same yeah. way you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, if you're, like, and it has to do with brake balance as well. Like, some people are really heavy on the rear brake, um, yeah. and some are, like, really, really good at using the front. Like, most of us are going to use the rear brake pretty much predominantly, and we'll probably drag it, like, all the time. But yeah. then um, some people will use the front brake really, really well. Um, and there's this whole, like, thing from motocross or, like, car racing or whatever where they talk about proportions of like where your power is coming from when you're braking, and that does not apply to mountain biking at all. Like, <laughs> there's no such thing as 70/30 in mountain biking um, because the conditions are never that perfect. And yeah. you know, people try to argue with me on forums about that stuff. Well, <laughs> they don't argue. I just ignore it because I'm like, well, no, everyone's braking mostly in the rear. But yeah, like, what suspension is really what it needs to do is it needs to react to the forces that you're kind of giving it. So. There needs to be some sort of electronic um, kind of adjustment. So as you're braking, the suspension either needs to stiffen up or something like that. Because um, yeah, it, as as like mountain biking gets more advanced and motocross, um, like suspension is going to start to re to react to braking. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's just reacting to the trail really, and you can kind of keep it on just a few different settings throughout. Yeah. So then where's the, where's the application for your brake power meter? Like, is it consumer? Uh, are we going to be the ones with it? Or is it, is it going to be like these pro teams or, um, cause what you're saying is like, now I'm starting to think about what about different brake pad compounds? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I've talked to like a lot of different brake companies that are interested in like using this to test like just different things with the pads, like. There's a lot of cool pad technology And the rotors now. as well, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Rotors rotors are super important. I think they get overlooked a lot. Like, some people will, uh, you know, run the same rotors for years on their trail bikes, and they're just, like, totally burnt and, like, smooth. <laughs> but yeah. rotors need to be, like, pretty fresh. Like, on the World Cup, they'll go through a couple rotors a day and just, you know, kind of chuck them out because they break yeah. so hard and, you know, smooth them out too quickly. Yeah, well, if it's that hot... You know, those dudes are going fast, or and girls are going fast down yeah. very oh, yeah. steep sections and yeah. needing to get, you know, take away a lot of energy. Yeah. They're they're breaking so hard. Like, the highest number I've seen is, like, 10,000 watts in breaking, and that was on, like, that was on a, a pretty big guy going really, really fast on a trail bike. Um, yeah. So, like, if you think about someone going, like, ridiculously fast on a downhill bike, like, there's going to be some huge power spikes. And all that energy is being converted into heat, into the rotor and the pads. Yeah, just that and that's why small brake pad. Yeah. 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 
So um, yeah, those, those that technology kind of needs to change. Like pad technology, um, it's kind of just a crossover from like the moto industry. They use the same compounds most of the time, and uh, okay. you know the heat is a lot different. Um, so there needs to be like different pad compounds for um, your different levels of riders and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Okay. But yeah, as far as who's going to use it, yeah, like it, it think like cycling sports like have a trickle down kind of thing where it starts at the elite level and then it kind of comes down to like us mere consumers. Um, yeah, well, most people didn't, you know, power meters were like, people really actually thought they were a waste of money and a waste of time when they first came out. Um, and I've heard that being said about your brake power meter. Yeah. yeah. As well. <laughs> you know, like why, why do we need to know, you know, you need to get down as fast as possible. Why do you need to know how much you're braking? Like has no application. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny. I remember everyone saying about that, about power meters. Cause yeah, we had heart rate and we had speed yeah. and we could do a hill time trial. Like yeah. that's going to show you where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it's so funny. I was looking, um, I was looking through a stack of papers I had the other day and I printed out like this, um, this training with power manual that came out, uh, with the power tap power meters that were sold like in 2007 or something yeah. like that. And that, that's not really that long ago. Like that's when the first iPhone came out. So uh, <laughs> I guess it like, it is that long ago, like, you know, 12 years is 2019, but like, um, it, it was like a 20 page booklet that had no information and was on the super expensive part that no one bought. Um, yeah. and like now, like you need a power meter. Like if you don't have a power meter, like you're just going to, you're, you're not really going to have any idea how to train, um, appropriately. You're not going to be getting as much as you can and out of yourself. And when a bike costs like 12 grand, like spending a thousand dollars on a power meter so that you can like actually go faster um that's just it's just makes sense um yeah so in 12 years we've come from a point where like people are like oh yeah it's only for the pros to now like everyone needs it so you know braking is going to be the same way i have no doubt about that yeah yeah well i mean i can definitely see uh see the applications although i'm quite close to it um, but I'm sure like you've, I know you work with some professional downhill riders. Um, what's their response been? Like, I know, like I've, I've been watching, um, you know, Red Bull put out, um, background stuff. So to like, you know, pink bike and vital and stuff. And these guys like, oh yeah, I think like I'm pretty good at braking or I think this, like they have yeah. no idea. Like they, they yeah. have, have no, no idea. I think, like, they, they do get a bit of the telemetry stuff going on. With, they're mostly looking at suspension, though. Um, and they'll, they'll get some feedback on the braking. Um, but um, for how important it is, I think, actually, not enough time gets spent on, like, looking at um, braking patterns and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So a lot of times they'll use, just use telemetry systems to get feedback to make a better bike. Um, and it's just kind of looking at like sensors, different places on the bike, um, and maybe not used as a training tool when, um, it really could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I guess this would be the biggest progression in mountain biking for quite a long time, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like 
the sports changed like like bikes have changed a lot and like we have like ways to measure our suspension now and we have ways to measure our tire pressure um and like i think the sports like been progressing for a long time as technology yeah. becomes smaller and lighter and cheaper and um i think it's just kind of the next obvious step um you know in at in the sport really um yeah like i don't know why it takes so long uh sometimes for uh technology to make its way um into cycling sports but um yeah, yeah well, we've we've talked about this and it's kind of I've I rant about it and so do you I think where there's like like mountain biking has a lot less restrictions so there is a there is a lot more progression but in terms of road cycling um you know we have the same drivetrain we have the same gears like the only thing that's really changed is that um people wear aero helmets and the gears are now electronic but they're still doing the exact same thing they're just they're just the means of shifting a gear is slightly different um carbon compounds have improved a little bit but uh there's nothing radically that has changed you know just the standard this new whatever is stiffer lighter and more aerodynamic yeah i think like um the cycling industry just kind of gets like well i don't even know why why it happens like but weight just becomes so important um and people are so like concerned about like saving a few grams um and then like you look at you know saving a few grams versus having a power meter that can help you actually use the energy that you have in your body to actually go faster um you know for a long time that was a a big question mark of whether you should add 20 grams and spend some money to have a power meter. But uh, just because of the weight thing, I think. Um, but, you know, like, with the current trend of, like, enduro mountain biking becoming, like, the a really popular form of racing, and then, like, that translating into the trails where people like to kind of just cruise up the hills and then smash down them, that's, like, a newish kind of trend. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So you know, in that kind of, in that respect, like, having the lightest bike isn't super important, so people are adding, like, more gadgets and stuff. Yeah, um, so where, where to from here? Um, like, can we, can we buy them? No, well, you can't, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I have it, and I'm using it, and, um, you know, I, uh, I'm getting ready to post up some videos of, like, my POV footage with like all the braking patterns and stuff. And you can see how like, you know, the shape of the pattern matters and like where I break matters and where like, um, you can just see it, see it all. And, um, you know, like I can use it with people. Like if someone wants to contact me, um, you know, we, we can put it on their bike and we can use it. Um, but in terms of buying it, we're just not there yet. Like, um, we have lots of prototypes and lots of wireless things, cool app, uh to use with it but um uh, yeah we just need more money um (laughs) it's it's yeah like so like we have patents and stuff and like they're they're really good but like um we just need to like i need money to finish the development really yeah 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 and especially to um launch a commercially viable product like this is i'm sure 
um, very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, things that have to go on in the background. Like, I've spent most of my time trying to figure out, like, what to do with the information. And then um, my supporters have spent, you know, most of their resources, um, you know, with IP positions. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of, you know, in my mind, what I need to do is show people how useful this is. Um, so that's what I'm fully focused on. And I think once someone sees that, um, we'll get what we need. And, you know, people... It'll be a product that people can buy and use. Yeah. So in the um, in the short term, let's just say uh, the rest of the year kind of thing, you're going to be consulting to different individuals and teams, and maybe brake manufacturers or suspension manufacturers, frame manufacturers, on just applying your your power meter and the data, um, because at the moment, like. Yeah, you've talked around it, but people are probably still scratching their head a bit about some of the applications and things, and you're essentially the only one who has the the interpretation of the data. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've spent a couple of years doing it, you know, and um, I've seen lots of, well, I mean, mostly what I've done is made a lot of, like, dumb mistakes. Um, <laughs> so, like, like, thinking about all these years that I've spent doing it, I'm like, well, I just need to keep doing it. Like, I'm super passionate about it, and, um, like, I've already spent this much time. So until it's a thing that people can buy, I'm going to keep doing it. And it starts with just um, offering the testing as a service because I have the full setup that I can put on someone's bike. So, yeah, I'm going to do that, and I can test different brakes and things like that. Um, Yeah, Yeah, so if if someone wants to test, like, why why are they going to come to you, what... What are they going to get if they're coming to you um, to test out their full setup? Yeah, well, at the moment, um, I'm fully focused on braking, but my I can do uh, suspension telemetry. Although I haven't, I don't know anything about it really. I can like hook it up and see what it does. Uh, but yeah, I'm fully focused on braking, and the the most powerful tool that I um, know of is plugging in my algorithms and. Um, linking the data with the point of view footage from the gopros and stuff yeah Um, so that's what i'm gonna do um so like you're gonna be able to but what will i you're gonna send me down i've got the pov like point of view footage and the braking profile and everything and that's gonna you're gonna teach me what it's basically what i can do is i can show you what you're doing wrong and like (laughs) <laughs> so pretty much we're all doing something wrong if we want to go really really fast otherwise we'd be a world champion right yeah and well like that video it just blew my mind before we went on air that one of you just grabbed a bunch of brake and you were going into like a little uphill like yeah. it was it was yeah. it was phenomenal there was no reason for you to take away energy there no and um and you would have no way of knowing that you did that no 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 um and even if you had a um, like just a pressure sensor on the caliper, on not on the caliper on the lever, you would be like, oh, that was nothing. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah, it actually slowed me down quite quite a lot. But um, yeah, like to me, like if I think about myself going down a trail and what that data means to me, it just means that I have other skills that I can work on. So in that section that we looked at, um, you're really free ones, like. You know, like that. It's not like fitness is hard. This is it's 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 a hard means to go about getting stronger or fitter or even losing weight and all yeah. that kind of stuff. 
but in terms of just not breaking, like that's just the information service. Like once you know, yeah, you can this. I mean, that's it's like yeah, free speed. Yeah, it, and it tells me that like I I have other skills that I need to work on, not just my breaking. So the because re- the reason I break in that section that I think we're both thinking about is that I wasn't super confident about the jump that was coming yeah. up. And I know yeah. that's like one of my weaknesses is like if I want to go faster and be at the level of, you know, even some of the, you know, better, the best amateurs or whatever, I need to be super confident in just maintaining that speed and jumping over things. Like, so like doubling things up. And I yeah. know from following people that, um, you know, they are doubling things like that up and I'm not. So this breaking yeah. footage puts it into perspective for me that I know I braked, I know I slowed down there for no reason, I need to work on my jumping. Yeah. And we know that, like you, we went, we go down the jump track in Rotorua and you, you just <laughs> jump faster than me, you know? Yeah, Because you're those confident on the jump. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, man. So are they best to call, get you called out, like, to their tracks so then you can see where that you're breaking like where like if and then you can practice on their own trails on their specific kind of things like you know this jump and so you can test out your different um strategies that they've learned from you and uh then you've got better time measurements there yeah totally it's like um yeah we can go to their trails they can come to my trails i have good local trails um you know rotorua is a really good place to do it and we just want to maximize the amount of uh like descending that we can do and um, just try different things, like slow down a lot here and then let off the brakes. We've tried that a lot of times. And um, you just end up going faster, even if you slow down a ton uh, in one section. Yeah, there's lots of things that we can do. Yeah, yeah, and people just really, um, whenever I've worked with uh, runners on their technique, um, it's just blowing their mind about how much small changes can make or once they've seen the video footage and then um, overlaid with different, you know, angles or point of contacts and, um, you know, uh, like the GPS data and stuff, like I, I never knew I was doing that. They just had no idea and you go, okay, well, this is how you fix it um, and knowledge they may, you know, previously not have had and um, it can... It can make dramatic changes. Um, it doesn't... But if you've never, ever seen it, if you've never, ever seen your braking profile, you'd have no idea. So I think it's it's very worthwhile investment in your, um, you know, in your progression in the sport. Yeah, like, well, we live in a, a day and age where we can measure everything. Um, so, like, our phones measure everything for us. Like, mine automatically measures how many steps I take. And unless I look... To see how many steps I took, like I don't actually know. I'm just, oh yeah, I took, you know, ten thousand steps that day. When, it, in actual fact, I, I didn't even get off the couch or something. You know, like <laughs> unless I measure it, I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. And then I can look back and be like, ah, oh, I didn't even get off the couch that day or something like that because I have that information. Yeah. Um, and that's just the world we live in. Like we we measure things and we get evidence and then we make changes from there especially if it's a sport where we want to get faster. Um, that's where things are going to start. Yeah. So what's the best way um, for people to tee it up with you? Yeah, just email me, matt at mtbphd.com. And um, 
Yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I just love this stuff. So, like, uh, whether it's, like, helping someone measure it or if it's, like, uh, building a product that, you know, everyone can have, like, those are the things that I want. And, um, yeah, I, so whatever the best way is for that to happen, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So what else would there be... Um to go over to for people to know about the brake power meter like what yeah what's our what's our next step so you're going to release um you're going to start to educate the public yes yeah. with these videos and these blogs and um just all this information yeah like now that i have more time like because my thesis is done and i'm i'm not like uh working at the university and i'm doing this kind of stuff full time like i can focus on uh getting out that information um I was just looking at my thesis the other day because I needed to check some of uh, the algorithms. I was like, man, there's a lot in here that like you just can't get anywhere else um, yeah. because that information's not out there. So, um, like I, I might as well like I have it. So I want to educate people on like how they can use it. Um, yeah. So once it is available, that that way they can use it. Oh man, that's it. That sounds pretty awesome, and we'll obviously we'll touch back on it um once you have had a few more people through um using it you got some of these cool videos which i've been checking out um so once they um you know get produced and don't turn up upside down yeah. uh, i'll be pretty pretty keen to to see those um that's kind of one of the uh i guess the setbacks or um of being sole traders <laughs> um yeah. the sole owner um, employer, marketer, um, content producer, coach, everything of your own company is, uh, it all takes a bit of time. Yeah. We talk about that quite a lot. You and I like, cause we <laughs> both have, you know, we have our own companies and, um, we're trying to do a lot and you just kind of run out of time. Uh, mm. and yeah, like, so, you know, I might spend like two days trying to flip a video over and like <laughs> that's the actual reality of it when i have like piles and piles of data that like i need to get out there um yes so that's just that's just the reality of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right um so yeah what's on this weekend oh well, people should follow you where are they following you at if that if they're not yeah on the just, gram yeah the gram's probably the best place to, um at mtb underscore phd or at break power meter um i try and up the, update those with kind of what's going on with uh you know my athletes and my coaching and the breaking stuff so yeah those are probably best yeah and uh a bit on the facebook and the website as well but that's all pretty much linked through your instagram right so yeah that's, that's the, right the point that's the point of contact yeah the gram's the hub these days so yeah uh yeah depends who you talk to yeah i'm pretty sure my mum wouldn't say that yeah well she's not going to use the brake power meter i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm not um yeah probably not yeah what how yeah. about you what's on this weekend um well i guess it's easter i'm running trail running workshops here in rotorua um to teach people uh to well, it's it's like what you're um you're saying, you know, um navigate the trails more efficiently. Um currently we don't have a way to measure that. Um 
although it'd be really interesting um you know the the power meter the stride um or garmin power meter doesn't really help with like technicality aspects um but yeah that's that's on this weekend probably gonna do some mountain biking over in tongariro over in the national park um but yeah sort of recovering from i got one more hit out for rotorua um so for those who have been following along with my rotorua marathon build up um just ran a personal best over the weekend. Oh, um, one 113.40 for the half marathon. Uh, so that was a big one. Like That was like my last test of uh, how I was tracking towards it. Like I was under, as another sort of 100k plus week, um, under quite a bit of fatigue uh, and was still able to push all the way through, um, get a massive PB, um, be right in amongst the race, um, and uh hold good pace so so yeah that was that was really good um everything so now it's yeah i guess next week we can maybe talk about peaking or tapering and stuff like that because um right now it's it's that real juggling act of like i've got one more session to do i still need to train but i also need to recover and i also don't want to get fat and i don't want to get unfit and uh yeah it's a struggle all of those things that um you know, I know one of the guys I'm racing, um, I raced him in the weekend and he beat me by about, you know, a minute and a half. Um, so it's like, oh, was, was he on form? Is he traveling up? Am I traveling further up? Um, I know he, you know, I checked his Strava out, obviously. Um, and, and he had tapered in like more than me for that race. It's, yeah, the mind games begin, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll have to start deleting some things from your Strava or adding some fake things in. You know? Yeah, I'd start um, start giving it to, to Emma on the bike. You know, she can follow along one of my sessions. I just get a bike ahead there the last five k, yeah, yeah. just slightly, just slightly faster. You know, just sprint it like sixty k's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Matt. Well, that that would do us for today. Cool. Thanks. Really appreciate uh, you uh, releasing that information to us. Thank you. It's been fun. <laughs>